barely see myself. Mm, I see you. Well, perfect. I, see. I see even the back of the chair and a little bit of the shelf. Durga, durga, durga. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right, brother. You let me know when you're ready for your intro. <clears throat> your close up. Hate that stupid close up. Especially when I'm like too high. It's like, dog, barely tell what the fuck I'm trying to say. All right, let's do it. Here we go. We're going to go one minute into this track. Prepare yourself. You have 20 seconds. Prepare yourself. You now have 15 seconds. That shit reminds me of uh, the second Thor movie, Ragnarok. He's like, you're meeting the Grand Chancellor. He's like, no. He's got shit. Here we go. In three. Goddamn stupid. Two. Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So, in case you ain't know so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, football is officially back as the Dolphins get ready for preseason game number one. The Marlins are continuing to struggle, which makes me wonder if their season is over. And Messi keeps into Miami alive yet again. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. What it do? Man, before we even start the show, right now we need everybody to head on over to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, click the notifications because we got a fire 365 flag football video that is just waiting for you guys to reach 300 subs. So, for the record, it's not on the editor this time. The video is ready. It's ready. We are ready to go. I have, I have done my part, everything I can. Now it is on you, the listener, the viewer. To just go tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe. That's just all you have to do. Get us to 300 get, subs. Get your phone. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Get your girl's phone. Subscribe on her phone. Get your aunt's phone. Yep. When she's out the house, just like cooking some rice and beans, I eat and mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. put her onto the Sports with Social, Sports with Social YouTube Here's channel. Here's an example of how the conversation can go. Ready? Ring, ring. Hola, Hello. abuelita. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, abuelita. Como anda? Mijo. That's the call, guys. That's it. That's all you have to do, man. That's all you have to do. Especially, especially as we get closer and closer to football season. Oh, um, my God. How many days? Do you know? Stop your head. How many days? Dude, it's like less NFL. than 30 days. Yeah, something It's like less that. than 30 days from today, the day that we're recording. Well, we had officially the first game in the NFL season. Correct. Last Thursday. With the Hall of Fame game. Yes, and I'm glad you brought up the Hall of Fame because we have to talk about the legend, hey. number 54, hey. Zachary hey. Thomas. Hey. Finally, officially uh, a Hall of Famer, you know. Member of the dog. Gold Jacket Society. And and honestly, dog, I feel like Zach's going to be in all-time contention for top 10 disrespects when it came to when he got his... His uh, Hall of Fame call. You know what I mean? Because Zach Thomas was one of those dudes, dog, who you relied on every fucking game, every Sunday. Playoffs didn't matter. Big game, first game, last game. Didn't matter. 54 was there. Leading the team in tackles, making big plays, getting interceptions, running them back for touchdowns, like getting sacked. This dude was 
arguably the best linebacker the Dolphins have ever had. Ever. You know, and there's a lot of big names. The Bonacani, you know, like there's a lot of names when you go back into the 70s and 80s for the guys who played for this franchise. But none of them, none of them had that impact, not only on the field, but off the field as far as with the fans, like Zach Thomas, dog. Like I never heard anybody say, damn, Zach Thomas, dog, should have got... Never. It was just like, all right, he tried his best. You know? Yeah, because he didn't make the play. If you're if you're of the new generation, you know, a guy like Zach Thomas isn't a guy that like you probably know in your social zeitgeist, right? It's probably like for sure. You're if you're not a Dolphins fan, you're probably not like too keen on who Zach Thomas is. But for us that grew up on 90s football, yeah, I mean, he was the epitome of like that. You know, that defense, that tough, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, tough, gritty, you know, in your face defense. Yeah. And Zach was the guy that put his body on the line every single play, every single game and had a hell of a career. An I mean, amazing he, career. I think he still leads the Dolphins in, in tackles. Um, he, he it's, I think he still leads them in concussions. Um, <laughs> I mean, Zach, Zach literally put it all out there, man. Mr. No Neck himself. With right. the fucking neck brace. With the, with the cowboy collar, man. I mean, the OG middle linebacker, man. The Mike linebacker, man, that doesn't yeah. exist anymore because now there's too many schemes with, you know, the edge rushers and all that and changing it up. And you're you're, you're more critical if you can be a pass rusher versus be covering the middle of the field, which is what Zach was. You know, he's kind of one of those, one of the last ones. You know, the Ray Lewis's, right? Yeah. Uh, the Zach Thomas is like, he's in that he, class. He, absolutely. So. He, you got to put him in that Ray Lewis category. Yeah. You know, Brian Erlacher, you know, all that, of those same, dudes. that same realm. All of those dudes, because not only did he do it for 12 seasons in the NFL, um, his first 11 season, he racked up 100 tackles every year, dog, regardless. You know what I mean? This is a dude who um, has the Dolphins career record for interceptions, returns for touchdowns. And he has four of them, bad boys. He's a linebacker. And he's a linebacker, middle linebacker. You know what I mean? So, like, it just shows you how you, you talk about impactful players. That was him. Yeah. You know, we, and like I said he, he, in the beginning, very, very reliable. Week in, week out, bad game, hurt, didn't matter. Zach Thomas was going to make plays, and he was going to be the best player on our defense. Yep. And um, I'm really happy that he finally got his his bus in um, Kane, man. Same, he, man. He deserved well deserved. It. Very well deserved. One more time for the whole <laughs> man. And uh, I'm glad we were able to give him his flowers on this show. Absolutely, so. bro. Absolutely. We and don't have to go another year without, you know, with <laughs> wondering, hold, hold wondering our head because Zach Thomas didn't get in. Finally, For real, he's bro. in there. So For real. And then, and again, he said it himself, like some of the linebackers, like he looked up to a dude who he played with in junior sale and, and these guys got to play together. It just shows you how much respect uh you know, Zach had for that position and, and how he carried himself on the field, man. Just just a warrior, a yep. complete warrior, man. Um, shout out to him. Yeah, let's, and keep now, it, let's keep the Dolphins going. Let's keep yeah, it going. Man, like we, got, we got Dolphins football this Friday. Ooh, that's Ooh. quick. That's soon, bro. It's needed. It's Pre-season. needed because I don't know about you, but I got a fucking Jones for some real football. You I know? feel like Tyrone Biggums over here. <laughs> I need <laughs> some of that football, baby. Absolutely. And, and especially with like, how the Dolphins ended last year, right? We made the playoffs. We were nine and eight, kind of stumbled towards the end of the season, right? With Tua being hurt. Yep. Us trying to figure streaks, out. Streaks, season of streaks. Yeah, you know? And, but ultimately, what we saw from the team is like a really good defensive base, obvious talents on offense. How can we put all this together? And I think that this is the year that we kind of see whether it works or it doesn't work, right? And obviously, a lot of that relies on the health of Tua. But for me, like, you know, 
looking at the schedule, looking at our opponents, looking at the team, is it going to be realistic that the Dolphins can make 10, 10 wins this season and get themselves into a, a drivable seat, right? Not a passenger seat to the playoffs, a driver's seat into the playoffs mm. by controlling your destiny. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year that was uh, obviously a topic of debate was, mm-hmm. you know, the over-under, I think, in Vegas was 10 wins or 10 and a half. Yeah. Maybe nine and a half last year for the Dolphins. Um, and that's pretty much right around there, um, you know, because of because of the streakiness nature uh, of our season last year. But with a healthy Tua, you know, you did point out to that that, that our season is very much dependent on, on, on Tua um, and his health. And um, barring any injury that takes him out for multiple games like last year. I, I really do think that we can smash that. I think we can win 12, 12 games this year, even with the schedule that's ahead of us. And it's a very tough schedule compared to 2022. For sure. And my concern isn't so much the schedule as it is the 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 division. You know what I mean? Because now these division games are going to be that much harder. Patriots, that much harder. Jets, that much harder. Buffalo, we already know what they are, right? So, like... Those those six games that we have with those three teams are, are going to be, bro, obviously it's, 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 it's cliche to say this, but it's going to be the most vital vital parts of the season, right? Because you can go out there and lose to an NFC East opponent, AFC West opponent, shit. That's all fine and dandy here and there because those those losses don't necessarily kill you. But if you're talking about a race for the playoffs, right, we saw that race um, where the Patriots were kind of in that race last year with us. We saw that the Jets had a chance, you know what I mean, to had things gone better for them and, and have less injuries. They would have been right in, that, in the thick of that race as well. So that's where my mind goes, right? Like, how are we going to be able to battle with the rest of these AFC East teams to get that that record to 10 wins? Because the schedule is tough. All right, yeah, let's, it's let's tough. Go, but let's, let's go through the schedule real quick. First game of the season, official game, September 10th, on the road against the Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. Two Formidable games. team, you know what I mean? Great offensive units, it's just 50-50. like us. It's kind of like us. Um, we're on the road. It's their home opener. You know, uh, who knows what can happen there. My, again, I'm still going to ride with the Dolphins all day, every day. We're going to put them at 50 um, But That game. I'm going to say 51-49. Next game, we're still <laughs> on the road, but this time we're in Foxborough. Right. So, which is good because I'd rather go up there early than go up there in the 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 winter. Yep, you're absolutely right. So, we're playing up there early on September 17th. And then the following week, we're playing at home, home opener against the Denver Broncos, who are coming off a struggled, struggling 2022 season. But just got a new head coach in Champaign, a guy who's won the Super Bowl, knows what to do with quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. I, I think that our defense that we have under Vic Fangio this year and a second year Mike McDaniels is going to supersede that. Sorry, Champagne. I know you're a great, <laughs> court, a great head coach, um, but I really think the momentum's on our side, especially hypothetically speaking, if we go 0-2 to start the season. There's no yeah. way we're losing that game at home. There's no shot. No. Um, also, no shot of us starting the season 0-2. I'm, I'm going to go out there and say but that right at now. At least 1-1. One one. We got to go. We got to win one of those. But then here's the tricky part of the schedule. We start getting into we got the Bills on the road. Right. So again, early on in the season, we're playing up in Buffalo, not later on, but our fir- our fourth game of the season is against the division, you know, champion for the past what four years, five years running. Um, what do you and- see for those four games? You said <coughs> one and one for that. You see the Broncos win. We're winning that game at home. Yeah, for sure. But we got to walk away from those first four games, five hundred, two and two, at least. 
because we don't know. Like that first game of the season is always a toss up, right? Like who's yeah. who's who's better disciplined? That's what that game so is going to come down to. You can see it going Charger, maybe possibly a loss on the road first game. Bounce of the season, back, get a win at, at New England, back to back wins, and then maybe a stumble loss, close loss to the Bills, and then you get into that division, that out of division play, which is what I was explaining. The NFC, you games. get the you get the Giants, you get the Panthers, you get Philadelphia. Those, so, those, so those three straight so games. Before you just skid past those, so New York, the Giants were in the playoffs this past year, yep. beat, beat the Cowboys, and exp- they went to the second round. And then the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, and not so, and, and they didn't. Neither one of those teams took a step back this yep. year. So the cupcake team there is the Panthers. That's a must win situation right there. Um, but even still, they're they're starting games. they're starting Bryce Young, so we don't know what to expect from that team. I'm not worried. I feel you, but uh, like. What, but this is what bothers me about the strength of schedule shit, right? Like, we're looking at it and we're like, ah, oh, this team was whack last year. This team was good last year. This team was whack. This is a brand new sure, year, sure. right? So even for the Dolphins, we got brand new pieces. We have brand new pieces in the O-line, brand new pieces in the cornerback position. Are we going to be able to turn that into 10 wins? Because, A, I feel like that's the magic number for you to get into the playoffs, right? Like, nine was way too close for comfort last year, mm-hmm. right? So, in my opinion, you got to win 10 games to to compete for the playoffs, especially if you want to compete for the division title. You got to at least win at least 10 games, right? And then on top of that, now you got to go battle against the AFC East, the AFC West, who has a, two teams who can possibly make playoffs in the wild card. Then the AFC North with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, like, there's another two teams or three teams that can come out of there, including Cleveland, right? Like, the the race for those wild card spots or every other playoff spot that's not the division winner is going to be tight. And it's going to be the team who can rack up the most wins. That's why I say I think the Dolphins really need to get to 10 wins in order to guarantee themselves that playoff position. I, in my opinion. No, uh, I, 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 you're not saying anything that's unrealistic. I mean, that those are all facts in the NFL. You know, in order to make it to the playoffs, you have to win probably double digit games and then even then because of our division we gotta we gotta go further than that so i mean we, we went through seven opponents the first seven weeks of the year yeah you know where, where do you have a side we got at chargers at patriots home to the broncos home to the bills or no at bills right. home to the giants home to the panthers and on the road in philly what do you think through seven games we do there i think we can be four and three on the worst end on the worst end if we're looking to hit our goals for this year, we need to be five and two. I agree. I think we need to be five and two. And the reason is the next few games. So we just went through seven. Look at the next seven games that we have here. Right. New after England, that. Kansas we're at, City. We're at home. Las Vegas. You just skated over that. At home against New England. On the road against the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. And then the Raiders, eh, they're struggling. That could be a game that we don't know, doggy. I mean, dog, they don't got a quarterback. They don't got a team. They don't got a running back. They don't got nothing. Like, as, as of right now, that's a, that's a dub in my book. But then we got to go the following week to play the Jets on the road and then the Washington Commanders, who last year started to figure things out. They got a pretty sneaky, good young defense. They got some pieces on offense. So, you know, it gets it gets tough there because we go Jets, Commanders, then back home to face the Titans, who are like a, a thorn in our side always. But but Joel, let's just fin- just like regardless of whether we're home or away, just look at the teams. It's Kansas City, it's Las Vegas, it's the Jets, it's the Commanders, Titans, Jets again, Cowboys, a great team. Baltimore are gonna be a fucking tough team. And then the Bills. And then the Bills at home. 
right after that's New Year's. That's a tough, like, tough second half of the season, man. You feel me? So that's why I think back to that 10 winning, you know, like that 10 win statement, like we need to get to 10 wins. And we can't look at the schedule to say, this is a win, this is a loss, this is a win, this is a lot. Now we're going to have to be as competitive as we can. No, I mean, the Dolphins are going to do that. I'm going to tell you right now that that definitely is a win against the Raiders. <laughs> and that that's definitely a lock against the Broncos. So we got two. two what, what are our other eight wins? We're going to split. Let's say we split with the division. That's three. That's, that's five, five wins. wins. Where do we get the other five? You got to be at least three of these. Panthers? You got to be at least three of those teams. You got to beat the Giants. You got to beat the Panthers. And you got to beat Washington. I think you got to beat the Cowboys and the Titans. Maybe, but that's a team that could potentially, at that point, not only be fighting for their division, fighting for home field advantage in the NFC. Because it's not like the the Cowboys are taking a major step back. Yeah, they, they don't have Zeke right now, but Tony That's, Pollard... He didn't do anything last year for them anyway. Right, and Tony Pollard did do something yeah. for them. So, you know what I mean? So that's why I'm like, it, it, we got to look at the schedule and, and be like, all right, we got to put on our fucking, you know, steel toe boots, put on our hard hats, and, and get to work because this season is not going to be easy. And, you know, which leads me to one of my bigger points for this for this Dolphins topic. Um, what I keep hearing a lot of Christian Wilkins' names being thrown around, his contract, his contract. I'm I'm thinking that they got to try to get his shit done before the season starts. They got to try to get his extension done, his new deal on the books, because you don't want this guy to go into the last year of his contract, right? Um, with that this, just hanging. Yeah, this is his last year on the rookie contract. So next year we can franchise tag him, and the year after that we can franchise tag him too, which will be kind of like close to the 20 21 million dollars that he's looking to have right but in my opinion you want to show these guys that are important key players right whether it's on offense or defense you want to give these guys their money you want to give them that sign of respect and say hey we want you here and you're a big part here and i feel like we've done that for other positions we need to do that for chris wilkins because chris wilkins has been it and everything for this defense yeah, there's, there's other names, there's other guys who have gotten the glory and make big plays and all shit, but none of it is possible without the work that that man puts in, you know what I mean? And it goes unseen a lot of the times because he's getting doubled and triple teamed. So you look at him and you're like, bro, this guy doesn't even have 12 digits, like double digit sacks or something. Like, Yeah, but he also has the most tackles that a defensive tackle has had in the last two years. By himself, pretty much, as a defensive tackle. So I love Wilkins. You know, I definitely think he deserves his money, especially for everything he's done for us already to this point, you know, both uh, on and off the field. You know, he's he's been a big part of this organization and, and of South Florida. You see him at Panthers games. You see him right. at Heat games. Like, you know, he he's he's all in on South Florida, Miami, you know, the culture. Um, so for, for those reasons, I definitely want him to get his money. Um, but... If I'm a GM and, you know, I don't, I don't know. I hope they are. I hope they're already working things out and that's a, that's a priority too. for them. But it, it, I can't, you know, it wouldn't be too far fetched for me to, to, to hear that it's not a priority for the front office right now that just Wilkins is, you know, yeah, we want, we're going to take, we, care, we of you. take <laughs> care of you, but right now the priority is a Super Bowl, and we know that that's what you want. And, Let's not, you know, muddy the waters. You know, I, I, I can could, I could definitely see that happening where they, they just kind of hold it off. And it's like, well, it's, it is his contract year. Ball out. Yeah. Have your best year that you've had so that there's no if, ands, or buts, you know, about getting your money at the end of it. If that's the road that we take, that's fine with me personally. I don't know if it'll be okay with him if he'll have some type of, you know, memory and be like, oh, remember when these guys did this? 
But I will tell you this, it might just motivate him to do the best that he can. And another X factor is, you mentioned earlier, Vic Fangio now is going to be running his defense. What type of effect does that have on, on Wilkins' numbers, right? Like, is he going to be having, is he going to have more opportunity to get sacks? Is he going to be able to, you know, sh- you know, go around and not necessarily have to be the bull rush type guy and just allow him, you know, to be in multiple places at, at once? I don't know. But I think that we're, we're, we can expect big things from Wilkins this year. And um, hopefully it turns into a lot of dollar signs for him because I don't want to see that shit where it gets muddy where we're like we're franchise tagging him and then we're doing it again and then we're doing because that can be irritable to the player. Of course, right? like yeah, they want long term stability, and I think I think Wilkins, you know, is in good enough standing with the front office where you know he can relate some of that. I, I think that, that he's an important part. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they want to keep a guy like that happy, you know, to keep the locker room happy and like you know what I mean. But I just don't know the financials, so I wouldn't be able to. To it's tough. To any of it's that tough. stuff. I know we gave Chubb a lot of money last year. I know Tyree took some money, you know, on the salary cap. Like I know there's X got other paid people on the payroll. We just twice. brought Jalen Ramsey in. He's getting paid. You know what I'm saying? So like we've made some moves already. It's like, hey man, you know, right now we won't be able to maybe next year. And it's like, dog, if you're gonna get franchise tagged, I mean it's not long term, but you're gonna get paid. What's the highest paid I think defensive it's tackle right now? Is it Aaron Donald like a thirty mil or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so the average is like twenty two, twenty three you know for saying, the top dog? ten. So position, you're, you're so. gonna make in one season what some lifetime defensive linemen have never made, you know. Facts. So that's still good money, but yeah, go get your money, homie. Go get it. You, go get you it. Deserve and, it. And I hope the Dolphins do the right thing by him too, right? Same. Like and just and just get it out the way. Let's not play with that shit and not even have that in the back of our minds. Yeah. Let's bring it up to the current status of this football team right okay. now. Um we got the practice with Atlanta, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then the game, uh, preseason game number one is on Friday at 8 o'clock, 7 p.m., excuse me, in the 305. um, At Traz Powell. At Traz Powell. (laughs) It's not at Traz Powell, dog. I'm kidding. (laughs) But the the one thing that all Dolphins fans should be paying attention to in this game, because I doubt Tua even plays, but it's the cornerback position. Yes. Right, that's that's the battle. Is it Cater? Is it uh, Noah? Is it Cam? Is Are it we Eli? gonna see a guy like Eli Apple in a preseason game? Absolutely, he's playing for a job. He's playing for a job. So is Noah Igbenawi. So is fucking Cater Kohu. Like the only one who's not playing for his job right now is Cam Smith because he knows he's gonna be here no matter what the, after this season. The rookie, the rookie, right? Who is also my favorite one. Yes, and he's also the one who's been getting one-on-one coaching from Jalen Ramsey himself on the sidelines while Jalen Ramsey recovers from his surgery. Uh, This dude, Cam Smith, man, from everything that I'm hearing in camp is is that he is the real deal. Obviously, he still needs experience and he still needs that time, but he is one of those guys that you look at him and you're like, that's a football player for sure, right? And he looks like one of those guys that can excel and be athletic in that position. So I'm excited about his possibility and crazy for me is the reports coming out of camp is that Noah Igbonawi has been the second best good cornerback, which is crazy. Fourth year here as a Dolphin, right? Um, a very up and down seat career here as a Dolphin. Got benched, got put onto the third squad. Like a lot has happened for this dude. He took it all in stride, and now he seems to have used that for motivation. To say, nah, I am an NFL-worthy starting cornerback. Let me go lock this job down while Jalen Ramsey is out. And for me, I couldn't be more excited about what the possibilities can be for this defensive back position. Because you talk about Howard, great at making plays. Ramsey, great at making plays. Kohu had great ball awareness last year. 
Uh, Noah, if he can turn up his ball awareness. Uh, Cam Smith is a guy who's always a ball, who always been a ball hog. Eli Apple can make some plays. These are guys that go after the ball. They're not necessarily tackling big corners. These are guys who can go out there and intercept the ball, turn the ball over. And that's something that we needed a lot of last year, dog. We didn't get that many turnovers. We got a couple of fumbles here and there, but not en- not enough as a team. And that was coming off of a season where Xavier Howard alone had double-digit interceptions. And that was it. Without him, there would the next closest guy had like two. You know what I mean? So now, now we got a squad of cornerbacks that can each put up at least four or five interceptions. And if and, and those are the weapons you're going to need facing all these quarterbacks, the Mahomes, the Lamar Jacksons, the Dak Prescotts, you know what I mean? Like all these teams that we're going to be facing, you, you got to be able to turn the ball over because those guys are human. They're going to make mistakes. But when they make those mistakes, we need to capitalize yeah. on them and take that shit and yeah. run with it. And now, I think that these guys are the group that can do that. That was always a big uh, point of contention during OnlyFans last year. Yeah. Don't forget, coming up soon. Um, you know, you win the turnover battle, you're you're more than likely going to win the game. You know, and when we weren't generating, so you were a big proponent of that. When we weren't generating turnovers, we weren't winning games. We looked, we looked standard, like a standard defense, you know, and, and to your credit. Um, we talked a lot about that on OnlyFans, but it was only because of how glaring that turnover was. We couldn't get fumbles, so it was like, all right, we don't have a reliable source of fumbles. And if X doesn't get the pick, nobody else is getting it. And, and you know what? You know, you think you think about Xavier Howard and saying, well, he should be getting double-digit picks every year. Oh, that shit is hard when you're the number one DB and you know you're, you're not getting thrown, you know, at more than 10 times a game. How are you going to come? You've probably seen the ball four times, six times in a game, right, where you're going one on, up against a wide receiver one-on-one. So we can't expect... Xavier Howard to have that level of production again. It needs to be uh, uh, kind of like production by committee where everybody, uh, sure. uh, you know, throws in Team their effort. Right. There are two, three, four, five picks. And when you're on the field, you make the play. If not, just make the tackle. I'll tell you this much. I do expect a level of, uh, you know, being better from Xavier Howard this year. I felt like there was a little bit of regression last year. I felt like the mainstay of our defense last year was Javon Holland. Yeah, for sure it was. For sure it was when, when it comes in the secondary. You but know? I think that's because we were asking Xavier to do a lot, right, with the depleted team, like, core that we had in, in that defensive back position. And also, he had to be the guy to make the play. So you, you have no chance to rest. You got to go up against the best. And you got to make all the plays, big dog. Yeah. Yeah, we asked a lot of him. But he, he came through he more, more often than not. He did. And even this year, it wouldn't surprise me to see the interceptions numbers for him take a step back, right? Why? Because at some point, Ramsey's going to be here, and they're going to go away from Howard to throw to Ramsey, and then eventually Ramsey's going to be playing so good that they go away from Ramsey to throw to Howard. So I can I can see those numbers taking a little bit of a step back, but it only means something to me if everybody else is contributing. So that's something to look out for for you guys listening. Um, when you're watching this game on Friday – Make sure to pay attention to that cornerback position, man. That's going to be a battle. Yes or no, a fight breaks out between the two teams during joint practice. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Why is that always the case? Because, bro, these guys have too much testosterone in their body. They're tired of hitting their teammates and kind of like taking it easy on him. They're dying to hit somebody else and be like, I don't owe this guy shit. I'm going to go hard at this guy and earn my job. Which should make Friday's game a little bit more interesting. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It uh, gets a little bit chippy on, on practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then, boom, Friday comes, yeah. and it turns up into a fucking mega brawl. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. That should 
it'll be wild though, right? <laughs> that, um, would, that would be wild. That would but be wild. No, there's definitely gonna be a fight, I would think. Yeah, man, it always happens. Yeah. Like somebody's gonna grab somebody's face mask and they're gonna do that a tug of war. Long. You know what I mean? A little tug of war shit. It's gonna happen. Uh, but yeah, we got Dolphins football, man. It's back, Friday, baby. Friday, seven p.m. Go ahead and watch it on your local channels. Yeah. And um, man, head on over to the YouTube channel. Sports with Soso, hit the subscribe button. OnlyFans dropping soon. We got so much fire content coming for you guys. And even here on the podcast, man, I've been working on getting a couple of guests here and there for the for the season to get some other teams' perspectives like we started to do last year. So it should be fun, man. Football is back, baby. I can't I'm so excited, dog. Talked about what football for over twenty minutes yeah. right now, and it's not even football season. It's not even football season, man. Uh, uh, now we got to switch it up to a, a little sad note. A little sad note. It depends on how you look at it, right? Like, are you are you wearing rose colored glasses? Because if you are, then you're looking at this Marlins team and saying, ah, it could be better, it could be worse. Uh, just some, we talked about it last show, man. Because of the the start of the season they had prior to the you know All Star game, right. This has been so disappointing. The second half, it's a completely different, you know, you like result. Like, yeah, it's just it's sad, man. And I, I went to the most exciting game that we've had all season. Facts, in my opinion, last Wednesday. Yeah, against, the twelve inning uh, game against the Phillies. Yeah, and yeah, it went into extra innings. We were, you know, we were down early, five to zip. We came back. We had back to back home runs in the night. It was something crazy. And then you know they ended up going up. Then we tied it back up again. Took it to extra innings, and they, you know, they go up and we tie it and. We end up winning it in the in the end, man, and it was a super exciting game. But we've lost every single game since then. It's been fucking terrible for the Marlins, um, which kind of you know asks begs the question: Is this the beginning of the end for the Marlins playoff mm. run? Right, because when you're looking at the, the the Marlins and how bad they've been in the second half of the season, this is a team that's now five and sixteen since the All Star break, dog. Five and sixteen, and we Beautiful. didn't see this team. Go through any type of lows like this in the first half. So, so it leads me to to wonder. Maybe this is the real Marlins team, and everything that we saw in the first half is is you know an anomaly and just kind of was lightning in a bottle for those uh, first three four months of the season. Or we're getting a really tough part of the year now. Now teams are ramping it up. That first half is a little more cupcake. We're just coming off. You know, we started off against the hottest team in baseball in the Orioles. Just, you know, the, the series that I was talking about was against the Phillies who are starting now to figure things out, have yeah. a high payroll. You know what I mean? Could it also can be that contributing to this woe right now? Yes and no, right? Yes, because the competition is obviously getting tighter, right? Like these teams that have um, much higher payrolls than the Marlins and, and have those expectations of being a playoff contending team, they're starting to ramp up, getting some guys back, putting some pieces together in the trades that they've made. But for the Marlins, it was it was never really an expectations, right? It was more like a goddamn. We got so surprised that the guys are are in first are in the first place for the wild card for such a long time, and well, maybe we can't expect them to 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 make that run. I just think that what well, what's hitting us is the reality of Marlins baseball, and it shows you that there there isn't enough yet on this team to sustain that type of success over the over the entire season. Because if you think about it. You know, we talked about it a couple of times on the show, but Yuri Perez was, was the best thing going for the Marlins as far as pitching. Doesn't matter if it was AJ Puck, if it was uh, Lozardo, you know, uh, Braxton. Didn't matter who who you were talking about when it came to pitching. Yuri Perez was the one making the magic happen. And then he had those two losses and back-to-back starts, and then they decided to send him 
in uh, AAA for the arbitration r- ruling or whatever. Yeah. And it felt like ever since then, the Marlins kind of lost their mojo. And, and, and it's evident that the Marlins don't have enough of a calming presence, an energetic presence. I don't know if it's because Jazz is still out, but there, there's something missing as far as the core. It's not like, oh, shit, we're missing our star second baseman. We're missing our star right fielder. We're missing the... Nah, it, it seems like the energy is off now with the Marlins because I, I just don't feel like they have it in their minds that they can come back like they were doing early in the season when we saw them be the <clears throat> comeback Marlins. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to put on my optimistic glasses here. Let's see them. And uh, I'm going to say that we're just in a slump. Mm, we're just five and 16 slump. We're just, we're just in a slump right now. Yeah. It's a bad slump. It's not great. You know, we're at 55 and, and 58 and 55, right? Three games above 500 when we were 12, 13 games above 500. Yep. Um, so we, we made some moves prior to the deadline, which was last week. Um, we brought in a, a big hitter and Josh Bell. Yep. Um, who actually, Burger too. and we also brought in burger. Um, but you know, uh, Bell actually had a home run in that game, the one that yes, I went to against the Phillies. A very important you know, home run. You know, immediately contributed, you know, right away for what we wanted him to. Um, so, you know, we got some new pieces. We let some guys go. You know, we moved some things around. We've had the all-star break. Teams are getting high. We're facing hotter teams now. I think now that, they, they, you know, it's like we got to recalibrate. That's I think that's what's happening here, right? We're in the okay. process right now of recalibrating. We were playing a certain game. Right. And then all of a sudden now they just switched the game on us. And it's like, <laughs> oh shit. And now we're scrambling. Oh, these are rules. <laughs> we're scrambling now to figure out, like, oh shit. All right. Uh, so you do this and you do that. And, and we're going to slowly turn it around. That's my hope. That's my optimistic hope is that we turn it around and at least finish the season strong. Right. Even um, if we miss the playoffs, even if we don't make it to the playoffs. I just hope we finish strong and we can continue to build off of what we did in the first half of the season. I think you're right, Joel. That's the way that we have to look at it, Doc, being realistic, right? Because if we're looking at this through the different phases of the Marlins season, right? Phase one was like, well, we're not expecting shit from this Marlins squad. Let's just hope that Jazz stays healthy this year, right? And then it was phase two. The season started and it was like, well, damn, they started winning games. Cool. They, they've actually won a couple of games. All right. Damn, they found this pitcher. Oh shit, Yuri Perez is the real deal. This guy's fucking going out here and killing it. And the rest of the guys in the in the staff and bullpen are kind of following his lead. All right. And then, oh wow, look at that. Luis Arai is hitting 400. We got an all-star. Jorge Soler is hitting 20-something home runs. Sweet. All of this stuff was unexpected in the first half of the season. All of it. All of it. All of it. And, he, and even still, it was a pleasant surprise, but we knew, you know, deep down that it's so hard to sustain that for an entire 162-game season, right? Um, now I think that the Martins have figured out who they are at their core and how they can win games. They're just struggling to win those type of games because something that Schumacher said the other day was like, uh, this was after that one of those losses to the, to the Phillies. He's, you know, he came out and said after the game, like, yo, this, this is something that we can fix internally, but we need to be in the right mindset. And I'm not sure if we're in the right mindset and that's on me. And, and when he said that, it kind of it kind of took me back to be like, damn, you know, usually you, you kind of find ways as a manager to figure out a different way to motivate your team. But by you absolving the team of the of the bad way that they've been playing and putting that blame on yourself, that's probably a great a better way of doing it, because, you know, that you don't have a, a, a veteran on this team, a superstar on this team that that you can that the media can go to and get a good soundbite where they can feel positive news or positive vibes about the team. I don't think we're there with the Marlins. We don't have that player just yet. 
And it's up to Schumacher to come out and make these type of comments and, and keep the team believing in themselves and saying, guys, even if this shit is going the way it is right now, it's not the worst that it's going to be. We're going to we're going to get better and we're going to have different lows, but we got to get out of this slump. And it all starts with me. I love that. as a I love manager. that. I love that, too, because, you know, he, ta- he, he takes the onus on himself. You know, he he unites the locker room and say, you know, even in the sense of like, if you do believe if you're in that locker room and you think, yeah, no, coach is messing up. He has the wrong rotations, whatever. Like, right. it's nice to hear him at least take accountability and say, you know, all right, it's on me. I got to figure that out and not blame somebody, something else, some other outside right. force. Or if you're in that locker room and you're like, damn, dog, like we just got to figure something out. And now coach is going out there and he's trying to take the blame. And it's like, nah, man, like this is on us. That's on us. You know what I mean? I think either way that approach will lead to a positive outcome. Like you said, for sure. And I think that we're starting to feel like that, man, because like, you know, even the other day, man, when we got that just, just yesterday on Sunday, we got a, a ass kicking at by the hands of the Texas Rangers you know, Sandy gave up three home runs in that game by himself. We end up losing six to zero. And it was just it was just getting to the point where we knew that we knew that we needed more. We needed more and we couldn't find it. So I don't know if these guys are still having those doubts around themselves, but I do know that they have to feel a lot better that the manager is taking the brunt of the force and they can go out there and play freely. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean shit unless you go out there and perform and put out your best effort. Right. And this part of the season is where you, you individually as a Marlins player have to say, I'm going to put my best effort because this can really change how the rest of the season goes. If we do well in this next stretch, we're going to be in that playoff contention and that wild, wild card contention. If we don't, we know where we're heading. We're heading to the bottom of the division. We're going to be sub 500 and all of our, Goals for the beginning of the season are gone to shit. Yeah, and we got a we got the next few series are, are pretty tough stretch. Uh, we got some here. I don't know if you want to. Hell yeah, that. man! Look, we're we're starting a new series today. Uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, game one of the Philly ser- of the Cincinnati Reds series, excuse me, would have would have started. And that's the hottest t- player in baseball. One of the hottest team. players in baseball. And even though they're struggling, this is a team that you still have to play your best against sure. because they can we're go out there and beat you and, and we're, we're struggling. struggling. <laughs> so we got Cincinnati and then we have the Yankees coming into town yeah. at the end of the weekend. Yankees are struggling too. They always had our number though. They would love to come in and just whoop our ass. Whoop our ass, right? And then you look at the teams after that, Houston, the, the Astros, Dodgers, the Dodgers, Padres, the, Padres, the Nationals. Nationals. Nationals are struggling. They're not the they're they're probably the worst one in that whole bunch, but then the final one, Tampa Bay. Our hated rival Tampa Bay. Tough. So this is going to be a very important month for this Marlins team. Are you pretenders or are you contenders? Because you can't make all these moves. You can't bring Robinson in and, and bring in uh, Bell and, and get Berger, you know, trade away the, the pieces that we did. Rolando Hernandez, a catcher, highly touted prospect that we, we traded for Robinson. Like, if, if we're not going to win games and close games out, then why the fuck do we have Robinson? No disrespect to him because he's great at what he does, but we could have been just as fine with AJ, uh, AJ Puck and company, right? Even if he wouldn't have been our solidified closer. We, maybe you keep that asset in Rolando, right? And bring him up in the next year or two and keep this team young and fun. But you make that move for a guy like Robinson, that's a win now thing, right? Uh-oh. All right. Well, that goes out. I can reset it if you want to take a quick pause. We can take a quick pause.
And we're back. And we're back. A <laughs> uh, little vis- uh, miscue there with the video camera. But, you know, my, my, my train of thought was, why make the moves if you're not going to compete? Why make the moves if you don't think that you're a team that can really go after this playoff run? This next month of August is going to show us that because these these series that we just called out a little while ago are tough. But in order to to be one of those teams that are taken serious, you got to win games. You got to go out there and, and beat teams that are competing for the same shit that you're competing yeah. for. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you this, Joel, and uh, you know we can kind of end the Marlins segment on this. This month is going to tell a lot about this Marlins team and the future, right? Who comes? Who goes? What type of positions we need to fill? It kind of and and the one thing that I wrote down that I that I think we're gonna have to discuss when we get closer to September is it, depending on where the Marlins land in this postseason trip. Do we start taking offers for Sandy? Do we start looking at other players and saying, "This guy's making X. This guy's making X. What can we get for them?" Because if 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 we know that this is not a team that you can build on to reach the next level, and you're gonna have to do a lot of tweaking. Then maybe we do all the type of tweaking. Right. And when we do another year where we're not necessarily in the thick of things, but we have a lot of young talent that can go out there and make it exciting. I don't know. I, I think, don't know. I think we got to see the rest of the season. You got to you got to wait. I mean, obviously, you have to wait for the season to play out. But this month, this month, if Sandy doesn't bounce back, you got to wonder what type of level Sandy are we going to see in the future? If Jazz doesn't come back, what type of future are we looking at with uh, a 50 50 Jazz? Right. Like there's a lot of big questions like. You know, even 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 in the pitching staff, Braxton Garrett, are you going to be a guy who we can rely on in the future? Uh, Lazardo, how long can we keep him here? Is he worth anything in the market? Like those are hard questions that the Marlins are going to have to ask themselves, and um, they'll they'll only have a clearer picture of that once we get through this next this month of August, man. So yep. let's see, let's see how how it how things shake out. Um, like I said, man, series starting tonight against Cincinnati, and then we got the weekend series against the Yankees. So all you out of towners can finally go check out Marlins Park this weekend because obviously you guys don't go from Marlins games. So <laughs> whatever. Yankees are in town. Yeah, the Yankees are in town. Let's go Marlins. Fuck that. <laughs> Let's go fish. Let's go fish. Uh, bro, we got we got it's it's fucking crazy, Joel, that we've we've talked so much soccer here on this podcast in the last what three weeks, four weeks. Than we have in like the almost two years that we've been doing this show, Doug. Well, you're you're a notorious Chelsea fan. I'm the soccer guy right? here. Yeah. And uh, we haven't really been talking about Chelsea, you know. And I've been keeping a low profile on the month. Yeah, for, we've kind of taken personal a, reasons. Sure, we've we've kind of taken a step back on, on the whole Chelsea talk and the Premier League and all that stuff. But lo and behold, the goat decided to uh, you to know come to Miami, his presence there. and. Boy, has it been a movie? That boy don't miss. He just don't miss. I mean, four and zero, baby. We're four and zero with Messi, bro. And it's crazy. I mean, every game is just keeps getting better and better. This last game was what? the best one. So the far. dramatic comeback win in penalties, crazy, crazy dog. And you know, you, you talk about Messi and 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 what he can do with the soccer ball and, and how much of an impact he can have on a game. This guy does everything. You see it. You're you see, can just see you're, it. You're seeing it. And and I'm so glad that the that the non-average soccer fan is watching this, right? Because now they get to watch it and have some type of expectation. Like, oh, Messi's going to score. Oh, he's going to do this. He's going to make a pass. And that, that gets them into the game to be like, well, why isn't 
this guy making that pass or how come buddy over there can't make that goal you know what I mean? like oh not only is it because he's messy it's because he's messy right but soccer is tough and and a lot of these these people who watch the game now are starting to get the appreciation for just what this dude does and, and the level that he does it um man 4-0 since he joined into miami obviously He's already, I think, fourth on the all-time goal scorer list for Miami, which is fucking crazy. crazy. <laughs> That's so wild. Time for a fourth, dog. But all he's done, but it's not that crazy when you think about what he was gonna do here, like, and what the expectations were. People are expecting for him to come in and score a bunch of goals and score a bunch of free kicks and score penalties, and he's yeah, done we, all of we that. We didn't expect, you know, Messi coming in here and and having a slump or struggling or no. try, trying to adapt to this league. I think this league is trying to adapt. To Messi. Yeah, obviously. And I think, in, in my opinion, the bigger storyline was his teammates. Are they going to be able to play at a higher level in order to help Messi continue to play at his high level? I think this game was a prime example of that. Perfect example of it. You're totally right. You know, we saw contributions from um, Yellen played great. Martinez played great. Front. Robert Taylor has been amazing since Messi has came on. And of course, you know, you get the familiarity with Jordi Alba and Busquets and having him in the middle and having a guy like Jordi Alba on the left back. Like you can move, you can see the movement around the pitch. You can see the connection of the passes and the idea of, of the play starting to become more. I don't want to say fluid. I just want to say it looks more fan-friendly, right? Because you're seeing the simple pass to the simple pass to the simple pass. But sometimes those simple passes are the hardest passes to complete. And you only get that because you have certain movement and certain attention being drawn away. That's the benefit of having a guy like Messi. He's able to draw guys away where those passing lanes open up, which allow guys like Martinez, Robert Taylor, um, Busquets, all these dudes to make just easier passes to a guy like Messi or whoever's playing up front. Is Martinez the kid that got the game winner? Yes, sir. He had a he had a, a, a goal early on too. That, yeah, that early was, in the game, the, he, he the scored the second it. goal. Right, and the one that tied it for us, or maybe closed it to one one one, one. deficit because then Messi right. tied it. And then Messi tied it with the free kick right before. Yeah, and then he ended up winning it with the penalties. End, Martinez did. Yeah, and, that's a local kid too, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 again, a guy who you know obviously is has Messi as one of his idols, but recognizes what this can do for his career and wants to put his best foot forward. Wants to make sure that yeah, Messi's getting the shine, but I'm going to put in the work, right? Because that work is going to get noticed when we're when we're watching the tape or when they look back on the highlights. Be like, who the hell is number fourteen? You know what I mean? So the the level of excellence that Mez, that continues to rise with Messi's uh, arrival here in Inter Miami CF has been crazy, man. And uh, I'm here for it, bro. Because even last night, it's like, well, there's nothing to watch. And like, oh shit, Inter Miami's playing. Yeah, I'm gonna watch this for sure. I'm gonna watch this. And then six minutes into the game, you gotta go. It's like, come on, what more do you want? Like MLS isn't necessarily a. a you know, an exciting brand of soccer. But now that you have this element of Messi and it, it's like, yeah, you know, something's going to happen. So you're willing to watch. And even still, you watched last night, you saw 10 plus goals go in, right? You're like, you saw the four, four, right? Four on each side. And then you saw all of the goals of the penalty kicks. So like, that's more than, more than enough when it comes to goals, when, when it comes to the average fan. Right, so. right. Yeah. In your average soccer game, you're not going to yield that many goals. Hell no, man. Hell no. But it's crazy. It's just it's just crazy to see it every time. Every time that Messi steps out there or just on a daily basis, like you can just see the impact that that's, that this dude has had 
on our city here, man, and on this team, which is fucking great. Now, I want to see Messi do the impossible, right? Right now, um, in the MLS, into Miami's in last place in the Eastern Conference, right? But they're only 12 points away from the ninth position, which would get them into the playoffs. He said they're only 12 points away. Which is not a lie because no? you, it's not. Because if you think about it, a point, a game, if you win a game, that's three points, right? Okay, so you so win, four, win games, four games. You made up to 12 points, but you you got to make sure that you don't lose games. How many games do we games. have left? Uh, I think we have. Because I'll tell you this nine. much. Something I know about the next Keep game. Keep talking. I'm going to find it. Yeah, well, the next game, we don't have Messi. Because we're playing against a team that refused to change their field for him because he only plays in real grass, not artificial. Yes. So we don't have the best player on our team. And if we only have nine games, that's one less game. True. But we have... I think got to win wait, it without wait, Messi. Wait, wait, We have more than nine games left, for sure. Okay. Right? There's sure. been 22 games. Uh, Inter Miami has only played 22 games in the MLS. Teams have had 24 games. So they have an extra two games in their back pocket, right, in order to make up the... The games, but looking at their schedule, right? They have what? Mm, one, two, three, four, five, six. At least they have at least nine to ten more games in MLS. Uh, doable. It's possible. It's doable. It's definitely possible. Cause very doable because we have Messi just on that strength yeah. alone, right? Yeah. Like, but are we gonna be able to play those games on the road, right? And have him be a part of it? You mentioned the turf shit. Not every team is set, is set up to have turf. Um, can we win those games? You know, that maybe eliminates it from 13 games or what is it? Three, six, nine, 12 games to eight games, nine games. Who knows? But that leads me to believe that the team can kind of go out there and, and play a game without messing. Be like, no, we're just as good without him. We can win games without him. Mm. He can help us. Not necessarily without the other guys, right? We need the Busquets. We need Jordi Alba to play every single game for sure. And if Messi has to miss one game, can we do our best to maybe win the game, definitely tie the game, and obviously not lose the game? That should be the goal for the rest of the season in the MLS. Now, in that League's Cup that we won uh, against Dallas last night or on Sunday evening, we're we're advancing into the next round. So now we're into the round of 16. We win that game. We're into the round of eight. And it's like, all right, we got a good chance in that because that those games are tournament style. And we know that Messi's showing up for them. Sure. Uh, but the MLS, man, it would be a hell of a story, dude, to come back from last place, 12 points down behind. Yeah, but it's also like, yo, it's, know, it like could be done. The AAU team that was in last place <laughs> happened to come from behind and win it all. All thanks to LeBron James, you know, who's suiting up. James like, suiting up. No, LeBron James himself, <laughs> like, suiting up for that AAU team. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's how that's I feel about level. this. That's the level. Uh, it's still wild to me that Messi is here in Miami playing it's for crazy. the MLS. Like, crazy. That is, it's, it's crazier, like, to me to fathom that still, even though he's already here for a couple weeks, than, yeah. it, than it was for me to understand that LeBron James was part of the heat. Like, yeah. that was such a shock to me, but, like, it sat better because it was like, you know, like it just it was made more sense. Like it's NBA, like you're just going from one NBA team to no, this guy left the greatest football franchise in the world, arguably. Right. One of them. left a billion dollar deal on the table. Right. And landed here in Miami. Three oh five, baby. In a place that doesn't care about soccer. And it shows because the team is in the last place. 
Yeah. Like I can't wrap my head around that yet. Yeah, but I think that that was obviously we know that we know now that that was the plan all along, right? To go after Messi and, and get him here. I no, just think, I know, but the, I just the think fact that, that it happened already. I think that that not that it happened, that it happened earlier than expected, right? Because people thought that Messi was going to get here in his in his late third, like early forties. He's thirty nine. It's like ah oh, shit, come and retire. No, nah, this dude's thirty six, like pretty much in his prime still. Mm. Uh, he's messy though. Little past his prime, but he's messy. He's not, we're not talking about you know soccer, uh, Neymar. Though, that guy yeah, yeah, but miles. yeah, but what I'm saying is that he's been the best of the best since he was 16, 15. That's a 20 year span. Yeah, so he's still That's a in, lot of miles. He's still in there as far as I'm in my peak because I'm a goat. You know what I mean? I'm not a regular player that's on the way down. I'm in my gold status, and the only way I go down is when I say I go down, right? So, yeah, I think the the Inter-Miami CF really hit the fucking Grand Slam, getting him here earlier than expected. And and, and even for himself, he's probably like, wow, I didn't expect this, but here we are. Messi's in Miami. He he expected it, dog, for sure. Hey, you never know, man. Money talks. Playing playing kids. Obviously, he he walked away with more than a billion dollars, Right, if you had to to come down here, if you walked away from the Saudi League, so just shows you that money does make the world go around down here in Miami, though. Yeah, always, baby, our whole skyline is built. On Absolutely, money. man. Uh, man, before we wrap up, we got a couple of, of honorable mentions, bro. Yep, yep, yep. We saw a ridiculous show of boxing this weekend between Jake Paul and Nate Diaz. Oh, I thought you were talking about the baseball fight. Nah, we, I want to say that one for last because that was a real. That was probably the realest that fight that happened. Been on the zone, dog. That was the best fight of the weekend. Absolutely, fucking Luli. And and you know what? If they would have charged for that fight, I would have not been mad. But I'm mad as hell that Every- people. Everybody were charging so for fucking Paul versus Diaz. It looked you like bought it. Did you watch hell it? no, I didn't. I didn't. I watched it, but I didn't buy it. I didn't even bother, dog. Honestly, because like I already kind of knew what was. Honestly, I kind of knew what was gonna happen. Like uh, Jake Paul versus who did he fight before? Ah, uh, the wrestler. The wrestler. What wrestler? Oh no, Fury. Fury's brother. No, it wasn't Fury. Tommy Fury. It was somebody else that he had fought. But anyways, there was more around that that I was more excited about versus this one. Like, yeah, it was Nate Diaz, and Nate Diaz is a dog, and he's a goon and all that stuff. And I'm like, bro, he's going in there for a bag, bro. Like, all these guys are. They're just going in there for a bag. Like, I didn't I didn't think he was going to sleep, Nate. But at the same time, I was like, I can see this literally just being a, a cash grab and then going the distance and exactly what ended up happening. For sure. And, dog, I say I watched it, but I only really watched three rounds of it. Because by the fourth round, I was like, Nate's so drunk. Boring. I was like, forget about dr- fucking boring. Nate was for sure drunk or on drugs. And it felt like Jake was there just practicing. Like, I'm going to spar with this guy. With him. I'm going to spar with this guy because Nate wasn't there for boxing, dog. He was there to have a good time. He was there to enjoy himself, talk shit, fuck around, make yeah, the crowd laugh. Like looking over the ropes, talking to the crowd. And that was it. You talking know, once I peoples. saw that by the third round, I was like, I'm going to sleep. Yeah, fuck bro. this fight. Um, was the, 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 the fight before was a brawl. The girls. Yeah, the girls. Are, uh, Serrano yeah. and the uh, Hardy girl. The, those bitches went at it, dog. Well, one of them got their ass whooped. I can't but they went at one, it. But, yeah. but they went at it. And, uh, yeah, man, those are, the, those are the fights I'd rather see. Yeah. Right? I don't want to see Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz, that, especially when I know that the elder guy is there for a money grab. Jake yeah. was there to fight. Yeah. Right? Obviously, he's he's looking to prove himself as a boxer. We need him fighting real boxers. We need him fighting real boxers, dog. Even if I don't know what they're gonna do, but we need him fighting real boxers, man. Um, another thing that happened this past weekend: uh, the U.S. Women's National Team, sayonara, 
See you later. Yeah. Konnichiwa. They got rocked. They got rocked. Good day, mate. Not necessarily rocked, but they, got, they, 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 lost, got rocked. they lost it in PKs, right? Because not only did they lose it in PKs, but they had like lost their three prior games before this one. So, you, you know, for all the hype that the women's national team had, it was more based on their previous accomplishments, previous accomplishments than what they had accomplished now with this team. And it was understandable that they didn't reach it, in my opinion, right? Because you're missing a lot of players, Carly Lloyd being one of them, uh, Rapinoe's older, Alex Morgan is older, and now you're bringing up a, the newer generation, a bunch of girls who are 18, 19 years old, 20 years old, and getting their first taste of the World Cup and, and real competition. So I didn't expect the you, women's team to go out there and dominate, and they didn't dominate, and that's why they lost. You know what I mean? They couldn't put... Uh, goal away against Sweden and then they lost by like fucking millimeters because the goalie happened to let that ball go over the line completely those are the breaks yeah. and when you're dominant like this like the US women's were for such a long time it's only natural that you're gonna have those those lows right where you're not gonna be at the best of the best every single time so um, shout out to them for making the World Cup hopefully they come back and learn some lessons and, and, and you know figure something out for the next run and uh, go from there and try to, you know, get back started to winning uh, World Cups. The cool shit about the women's tournament now is that you got Brazil out. You got USA out. Um, Spain survived. Uh, you got a bunch of teams that hadn't necessarily won a World Cup in, in quite some time. Now they're battling for it. It's going to be a, a great finish, in my opinion. So uh, don't hate on the women's. Tune in and watch it. I know the games are early as hell, but if it's on at 7 a.m. and you ain't doing shit, why not watch it? You might be entertained. Oh, yeah. The last thing we got to finish the show with is that fight. We got in this corner from the White Sox shortstop, Tim Anderson. And in this corner from the oh, Cleveland Indians. Cleveland Guardians, third baseman, Jose Ramirez. All right, walk us through what happened here. All right, so what apparently. Led, what led up to this? Apparently, these guys had beef with each other, right? Because. Anderson has been known for being like a dirty type of player at, sec at, that, at the second base position. Um, even though he's a shortstop, a lot of times when you're applying the tag or breaking up a double play or whatever, is is usually a shortstop guy, right? And um, he had actually some interactions with Jose Ramirez um, where Jose has sliding and this dude was saying that like, he was tagging him too hard or like trying to knock him off his feet or some shit and didn't really like the extra physical activities. And then this day, it just popped off, man. Jose Ramirez slide into second. Tim Anderson tried to apply the tag. And as both of them were coming up from the momentum, like, Tim Anderson was talking some, something crazy to Jose Ramirez because Jose Ramirez pointing the finger at him like, bro, if you say that shit again, I'm going to just fucking clock you. And right there, Tim Anderson put his set up. Jose put his set up. And it was on, dog. Those guys started swinging wildly because they're baseball players. They're not fighters. But then something magical happened. Jose connected on a fucking beautiful right hook right on you, the jaw. Off, knocked him Anderson cold out. Off the rib. It looked like Anderson had the better setup and the better he had aware, set, awareness, dog. right? He was the way he said he threw it up. He looked like he can throw down. And then the way that Ramirez was kind of just throwing Haymakers. wild punches, it was like, ah, he's just swinging for the fences, but... Every now and again, bro, a broken clock is right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and boy, was that clock right. And right on time. <laughs> right on time, bro. That's right on the button, too. Yeah, like. dog. And I think my favorite part of it all, and I hope this is normalizing baseball moving forward and, and is openly accepted, What's is that? how the stripes, the guy, the official that was standing right there trying to break it up initially, 
how he took a step back once he saw both of these guys are squaring up. Oh, you guys want to punch each other in the face? These are grown-ass men. Go at it. Let them do it right here. And then one got knocked out. That's it. Yeah. That was the fight. Yeah. Nothing else needed to get ugly. No other teammates needed to jump on anybody. Like, that's it. As soon as he got knocked out, you saw him, like, falling back. (laughs) And his teammate catch him and shit. And they start to break it up. That's how hockey is, dog. Hockey regulates themselves. Let them handle it right there, bro. Yeah. Right. Uh, Right. What, are you going to get suspended now and a fine? Oh, well, bro. That punch right there, that highlight, that's four center top ten, that's worth it. And look, that's completely on Tim Anderson now because you throw up the set first, dog, you better land the first punch. And he didn't land it, and he went to sleep for it. So, And then, even worse, dog... not only because all the memes and shit that came out, you know that dude, um, damn, that dude from Atlanta, ah, well, he pulls up with a Hellcat, he's like, oh, this is mine, little skinny dude, whatever. He had done a a, a meme where, he, where he's like, oh, how people feel after a fight. The ride is quiet as hell on the way home, and he's just checking himself in the mirror. People calling him, like, no, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight. That's for sure what happened to Tim Anderson, dog. And then, to make matters even worse, the news comes out today that MLB suspends him six games and Jose Ramirez only got three games, oh, dog. So you took the L on the field. You took the injury. L on social media. And now you take the L literally at your job, dog, where you get suspended? Insult to injury, dog. Come on, man. This is gotta, not his gotta, week, you dog. You got to be better, but hey, got to love a good baseball fight. Oh, yes. Glad it's we, it's been a while, too, right? It's been a while since we got oh, yeah. a good baseball fight, dog. Yeah, I love a good baseball fight, bro. Yeah, man. Shit's always fun, dog. Shit's always fun. It's kind of like this program, man. It's always fun. Yeah, this podcast is fun. Yeah, it it's is. fun to do. I hope it's fun to watch and listen to. Absolutely. And you're only going to be able to do that by going to our YouTube channel and hitting the subscription button. Yes, and you know what to do when you do that? You got to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell everybody they know. To tell everybody they know and to tell their cousin and their grandma and their great aunt second on their dad's side. That's the one. All of them. (laughs) To go ahead and follow this show on YouTube, man. All you got to do is support the program. Hit subscribe, and we're going to keep bringing you that fire. Until next time, y'all. Peace.